Hey everybody, uh, just want to let you know that beginning of the recording and during the interview, uh, my mic was not working correctly. Uh, we had like a, it's weird how it works because I had an accident in the home studio here that my cat caused that turned off my computer and we somehow were able to save the recording, um, but it was recording under the wrong input and then i realized it and changed it so the first half of the show my audio sucks i'm sorry uh, i did all i could to fix it but i sound like i'm in sitting inside a tin can uh once you get to the end of the show uh right after all the comic book news my audio goes back to normal um there was just nothing i could do to fix it uh, so i'm sorry uh hope you can deal with it for this week next week we'll be back better than ever enjoy the show guys And welcome to the Fortress of Comic News, episode 171. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside it's Mike. Hey, it's me. Um, been a couple weeks, huh? Yeah. How was your fourth? It was. Uh, it was good. Lots of uh, cooking out. Um, lots of beer. You know. Uh, can't really complain. How was your fourth? It was good. I got to be a rhino. What? Oh, well, that is awesome. That's a rhino mask. Where did you get that? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we took the kids to the zoo. The zoo is open. Okay. Hopefully the lions didn't give me COVID. Um, (laughs) And then we also had a cookout. So, yeah, it was a good weekend. Nice. That's, I mean, that the zoo is something that's like, you know, it's mostly outdoor. And I feel like you'd be not too worried about being there, right? I don't know. It's so... You're wearing a mask when you're there, but our zoo, at least, is the perfect time, like, to walk down and up and, like, see all the animals and, like, mm-hmm. you know, have little interactions. It was about two hours, and by the end of the two hours, I was ready to take that goddamn mask off, so. <laughs> yeah. So, it was kind of perfect, and the ones they had there were, like, they're very thin, and they're mm-hmm. not too bad, so. Um, but it was, yeah, it was fun. And then, you know, the kids didn't get out of the house. It's been, yeah, what, right. three months with yeah. nothing but the house. <laughs> yeah. It's just fun to, like, oh, go out and, like, do things. Remember doing things and stuff? Remember that? <laughs> Remember when we, like, it, like going to David Buster's or gathering in groups, you know? Like, oh, man. Anyways, folks, we have a great interview today with Rob Stanley, uh, The Bite of Brenna Barlow, number one on Kickstarter. Check it out. Um, really cool, uh, vampire, blind vampire who's telepathic and has a wiener dog with a wiener dog with Dotson. So, I mean, sidekick Dotson that she talks to. So check it out. Uh, the Kickstarter is already almost funded. He's got 20 days left and some cool, um, extras. If you, if you go a little past that, uh, that, that goal he's got there. So stay tuned for that. Uh, with that, I think we'll just jump into the news because we got a lot of comics to talk about later too. It's been a it's been a couple weeks, and some comics have been read. So, couple, couple, couple here and there. If you know Chris, it's probably about seventy five. <laughs> but we'll get we'll get through all of them today. It's happening. Um, 
Okay, some Stargirl news for TV news, uh, which is I indirectly DC is put the nail in the coffin on DC TV or DC Universe because Stargirl got renewed for season two, but it's going to CW now. Everybody knew, okay, it was on DC uh, Universe or whatever it's called, and now it's getting moved. The second season's renewed. It's going to CW. So I think that's pretty much the end of that's like, okay, we're not renewing anything else for this platform. It's all going somewhere else. Yeah, so this happening was the final for me, too. It's like Snyder Cut's going to HBO Max. Right. Um, we've got Doom Patrol simultaneously being launched on HBO Max, mm-hmm. which I think that will migrate over with Season 3, assuming there is one. Um, Harley Quinn is making its way over soon. So, like, all the original stuff is over on HBO Max for the most part and yeah. uh, DC Universe doesn't have anything that's solely theirs anymore so I've been predicting it for a while I think you know by by next year DC Universe will be a Marvel Unlimited style app not a yeah. TV streaming app mm-hmm. um, so I mean good I don't I don't want to pay for two apps so I'm fine yeah. with it yeah right exactly <laughs> yeah I but, I agree yeah. there. Too. I mean, why not include all? If you can include all the HBO stuff, okay. And now we got some some info that uh, Matt Reeves is developing a, a spinoff series based off his new Batman film. Uh, it's going to be for HBO Max, and the series will follow the Gotham PD. Um, if anybody knows the original that Gotham uh, story that followed, um, that follows just the just the Gotham PD and how they deal with everyday villains when Batman's not around. Gotham so, Central. Gotham Central, yeah. Everybody Which, pick up your copies of Gotham Central. It's speculation yep. time. Speculation time. <laughs> we all thought that Gotham would be that show, but it it Gotham danced around so many different genres within those seasons that it never really was Gotham Central. And, yeah. yeah. Gotham made well. First, it made the mistake of hiring Will Smith's wife because she's awful. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yes. The other big mistake was like not having Batman. Like, right. Batman should have been a little boy. Or Bruce shouldn't have been a little boy. He should right. have been growing. I mean, if you, you could have at least done like a, te- a mid twenties Batman or a teenage right. Batman, but right. but yeah, or just not do him at all. Like, not even worry about Bruce and just do the Gotham Central thing, but. Yeah, there was there's a few problems with that show. I like the idea that it's going to HBO Max though because it's it's going to be taken more. It's going to be more. It's less tongue in cheek, more serious because mm-hmm. especially if it's related to the Batman movie. And maybe this makes sense why they're introducing so many characters into the first movie because you could easily take those all those villains that they introduced and make a season out of it or whatever they want to do. Yeah, and there's a rumor going around that. Uh, this the Batman is going to be its own universe separate from everything else going on in DC because <laughs> with Flashpoint it looks like yeah. they're trying to rearrange the DC universe. It's fucking confusing, but <laughs> yeah, very confusing. If that's true, then yes, like it makes a little bit more sense to introduce every villain ever in the first movie um, to then have like a TV show spin off in that universe and then kind of do a few other things like so. Yeah. I'm down. I, I've been wanting a Gotham, a real Gotham Central TV show. So yep. let's do it. Yeah, for it. sure. And I mean, Matt Reeves, he he did an awesome job with the Apes. So 
Yeah, he makes good ape movies. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got a couple trailers. New trailer for The Boys Season 2. Awesome. It's like the boys are on the run pretty much, right? They're getting yeah. hunted. And it's, it looks like all-out war, butchers coming back. And it they're taking a different twist with this, I think. It's almost like first season was established, the origin story, and now we have like, okay, it's like a... It almost, not like a heist, but almost it reminded me of that, of like, okay, we're on the run. And it's going to play more into them at being a team, I think. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, it, um, it looked like Terror might be in this season, too. I don't know if you caught that in the trailer. Uh, I didn't but see that. But there was 100% a bulldog. And one of the, I don't know if that's just them trying to throw fans off or yeah. Egg, yeah. But I saw him. The, the violence was on par with what I expect with the boys. Yep. I'm so excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody had to bring my excitement down this week to, oh. about it, though. Oh, no. So um, we know uh, Derek Robinson was the artist for the boys, at least yeah. initially. Mm-hmm. And he does all the covers. Uh, he recently went out on Twitter and said that, and I'm quoting here, I have co-created adaptive properties that I failed to get recognition and compensation for, starting with Nightwing and succeeding with the boys. A close friend of mine replied, uh, you getting paid was the only reason I cared about that show. And he replies back with, I'm getting nothing. So I want to bring that up to say that why the fuck is Derek Robinson getting paid for this? Yeah, that's kind of strange. Like when he was there to create the characters. Yeah, that needs to be changed. And anyone out there make a scene about this because that's ridiculous. Like he's just as much a creator as uh, Warren out or Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis. I always mix those two up. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's really weird that they're. It's like the Bill Finger situation all over again. (laughs) Like, why do I mean? It's so weird the way that people handle these like who owns what character and it's like a lot of the times it's multiple people came up with this you know yeah and especially since he's even listed as co-creator on all the trade stuff but right it's it's very strange um yeah so the next trailer we got was uh umbrella academy season two looks awesome uh basically they they go they travel to a time where they start they start a whole new apocalypse again so uh, looks like we have the full cast of characters now, um, and I don't know. They have like a week to end the apocalypse or something, but it looks awesome. I mean, it's a lot more of what season one was. You know, powers, char- the ca- how the characters relate to each other. They add someone. It looks like at the end there. Uh, yeah, um, sure who that was. And it's following the second trade a little bit because yeah. it's all about the assassination of Kennedy. And the organization that I believe was number five was a part of. So I'm down. The first season was great. Like that's one of the hands down one of the best comic book adaptations I've ever seen. And I just I can't wait for the second season. Yeah, I really liked it too. I mean, uh, comic book stuff aside, it was it was just a great show. I think they did a great job. Yeah, I knew a lot of people that could care less about comic books or superheroes that love that show. Yeah, me too. So, they did a really good job. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's cut to this awesome interview with Rob Stanley, talking about his project, um, and we'll see everybody on the other side. So, hey, support Rob. 
Check out the bite of Brenna Barlow, number one on Kickstarter right now. 20 days left, almost there, funded. Get those stretch goals. Help them out. Yes. Book is good. It's got really winner dogs. Yeah, winner dogs. What else do you need? Yeah, that you can talk to. Come on. It's, it's, it's yeah. How, how can you not throw money at this book? Um, all right. So, comics. We'll jump into the comic book news. Uh, Disney has announced that Mandalorian will get its own line of comics. I only laugh because Chris is getting broke over there. Yep. And it's going to be published by both Marvel and IDW. So not only are they going to have multiple comics in the Mandalorian verse, now they can't even decide who wants to publish them. <laughs> well, most likely Marvel's going to publish the adult ones. IDW's right. going to... It's going to be like Mandalorian Adventures and it's going to be yeah. all ages stuff. And Chris is going to read all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what happens to that baby Yoda. Yeah, I know. I mean, you need more of that. It's like, come on. I I think it'll, I I think it's going to be really popular. I mean, how can it not be? I'm down. Uh, I hope they get some good creative teams. I mean, yeah. just like anything else, I hope there's good creative teams. So. Yep. Um, Marvel has announced at the beginning of 2021 they'll be taking over publishing of Alien, Predator, and Alien versus Predator comics. This is uh this is interesting because it used to be DC back in the day, right? So now it's come no Dark no? Horse. It's always been oh Dark, Dark Horse. Horse. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dark Horse. Yep. The interesting so, part of this is that DC and Dark Horse have collaborated, so there is, like, Batman versus Alien comics. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's interesting. I wonder if they, they're doing they're putting the Marvel name on it to try to get more popularity out of it, or... I think... So, I mean, this is a, a Fox merger thing, so... yeah. Obviously, they can get them uh, most likely because I feel like somebody at Disney or you know some big wig wants Marvel to make more money. So Marvel is no longer just the Marvel universe now. Like you, they're publishing Star Wars, which yes, I know everybody they published it back in the eighties. Yeah, but they're going back to like publishing that. They're going back to publishing Conan like they used to, mm-hmm. and now you add this. Um, I don't think this is groundbreaking is when they took Star Wars away from Dark Horse, but there's still a fan base out there, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to predict a crossover because I thought that would have happened already with Star Wars, and it hasn't. Yeah, yeah, you would think that. But um, another event title is spinning out of the Marvel Venom series. Uh, it's called The King in Black, and it's going to reunite Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. All right. That's how you print some money over at Marvel Comics. Uh, it's an epic event that'll pit the Marvel Universe against the symbiote god, Null. Awesome. That's all we need to know. We don't need to tell us anymore. No. You know, let those guys do whatever they want. <laughs> Blank check. Here we go. Yep. I'm in. Easy money uh, for them. Yeah. It, it. The only funny part about all this is that you know, Donnie's... Uh, out there saying like it's the most metal thing he's ever done while we're reading Dark Knight stuff metal. So. Yeah, yeah, it's getting a little tongue in cheek over there. Um, awesome. Yeah, I, I mean the guy writes great stuff, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't yeah. imagine. Um, yeah. So previously at the beginning of the Diamond uh, distributors COVID shutdown, we've been touching on this almost every episode now. Uh, Marvel has announced that a select few title. Would finish their a few titles would finish their runs digitally only, so they they won't even print them. Um, 
This week, Marvel just announced that they're now resoliciting the same remaining issues for the series to print them. So, um, I think that I mean that's just all reaction, right? They didn't have time to print them, so all digital. But now, once they got you know some footing, I think they thought the the break was going to be worse than it was, and they wanted to get comics into the hands of people that were reading them. Uh-huh. And digitally was the only way to do it. Yep. And I mean, both companies did this. DC also did it. But now they're coming out and saying, like, oh, we'll print them now. <laughs> so maybe they're they're seeing good return now that everything's kind of slowly mm-hmm. getting back to or some semblance of normal. Yeah. But I'm down because I'm reading a couple of these titles. So. Awesome. Uh, this news has me pretty pumped. Uh, DC has announced two. Um, Halloween themed horror anthologies for October. So it's pretty cool their anthologies. Uh first up is Legend of the Swamp Thing Halloween Spectacular number 1 with <clears throat> stories from Tom King, James Tinian the 4th, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Tread Moore, Mike Perkins and more. So that would be pretty cool. And then the next one is DC The Doomed and the Damned. Uh it's going to feature Batman taking on urban legends and spooky creatures. Uh stories from Marv Wolfman. Uh, Saladin, Ahmed, Travis Moore, Mike Perkins, and more. So that's pretty cool. Um, I, I'm, I'll be picking both of those up. Those sound like fun stories. Yeah. Um, I might pick up the Swamp Thing one, because I like Tom King's one shot he did a while. It was like a year or two back. Yeah, I do too. Um, the Batman one, I'll wait to see what you say about that. But I do you like see You don't want to see I, Batman versus Mothman? Come on. I do like Saladin Ahmed. He's the one doing um, Miles Morales right now. Yep. Um, and Marv, I mean, Marv Wolfman's Marv Wolfman. But uh, yeah. that one seems more of a cash in than anything. If he doesn't fight the Jersey Devil, then I, I know. Buy it. Yeah, the Jersey Devil. We get, we need, like, Jersey Devil, Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Um, Sam Squanch. Sam Squanch. And then uh, Mothman. And maybe like Loch Ness monster. Yeah, that's it. That's it. it will Just be stay good. away from Sheep Squatch, DC. That's mine. Yeah, Sheep Squatches. That's Chris's trademark. Um, IDW has announced as a celebration of the 35th anniversary of the release of Back to the Future, they're releasing a four-issue miniseries crossover with the Transformers. Awesome. This sounds like. I mean, we don't read Back to the Future or Transformers, but when they do shit like this, I love it. I love it so much. I, I, I honestly, God, I want a poster of the first issue's cover uh-huh. because it's the DeLorean transforming. Oh and, like, Marty and the professor, it's like the old poster with them standing there with the DeLorean in front of them. Yeah. But it's transforming into a Transformer. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. That alone, I might just buy it just to support that cover. Oh, like, that, <laughs> I, yeah, that is, that is, like, epic. A Transformer DeLorean, come on, take yeah. my money. That is so cool. 35th anniversary is kind of strange to celebrate, right? But I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they just had to pick a year. They're like, I don't know, what is it, 35? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll They'll probably do something for the 40th and the 45th yeah. and the yeah. 47th. And... But either way, that's awesome. I love when they do these crossovers. They're a lot of fun. Um, Image Comics has announced that they'll be publishing writer Steve Orlando and artist David... Tinto's new creator-owned series, Commanders in Crisis. Ooh, this sounds badass. 
Um, the series is about a group of supers who are brought together after the destruction of their multiple worlds. Awesome. It is badass. Come on. Multiverse, Commanders in Crisis. This is amazing. This is so cool. Sold. I'm sold. Hey, this is, one, this is 100% Steve Orlando's crisis pitch. And he's just like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not Tom King? You won't give me the book? <laughs> I'll take it elsewhere. We'll I swear Marvel, to... then I'll do it myself. There's going to be like Batman. It's... <laughs> like, I really hope it's like, oh, it's like, it's it's like uh, at, like Alan Moore did with <laughs> Watchmen. I really hope there's just like complete like rip off of characters. Please give me that. Oh my god! I'll um, at least I, check it out. It sounds yeah. fun. I I love me some multiverse stuff. Uh, image Comics sees a new project coming this year with a blank image with light white letters that say crossover with the hashtag crossover comic. So no news this week from them. Uh, <laughs> hey, Image is doing a crossover. I mean, can we guess what it is? What, they just recently did Chew and Nailbiter, right? No, they, they did Chew and Outer Darkness, but that was Outer. a that was layman crossing over with himself. Right. Um, I, I have two theories to this. One is they're bringing back Image United, which would be awesome. Is that is that like all books within the same universe? That was a I think they did two issues of it, mm-hmm. and it was centered around Invincible. Oh yeah, and it was all the superheroes at Image, so. Anything Kirkman created, Savage Dragon was there. Yeah. Like Spawn was in it. Like everybody was in it. It was awesome. Um, I mean, it was awesome and idea. It, the execution was pretty bad, but I still love it. Um, <laughs> my other theory, and I kind of want this to be true, is that they just took all their comics and put it, the names in the hat and said, "Okay, Walking Dead is crossing over with." Saga. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. That would be awesome. Do a series of one shots based on like that theory. Just like who wants to cross over comics? I think, I mean, talking about like creator own stuff, it could be like Paper Girls and Saga, right? Maybe. Maybe. I'm trying to dream big here. I I think if it's going to be anything, it's going to be multiple creators coming together to cross over. Yeah. Invincible. And I just want, I just want Invincible to be back. Because they might not have any more Invincible stories, but you can still have a character from another universe visit his Earth. Like, Saga, like Saga stumbling upon Earth, and it's the Invincible's Earth, right? So you get, like, the Guardians of, uh, uh, Guardians of the Globe show up or something? Like, what if it's one of those books? I used to love those books. Like, seeing all all the extra characters in the Invincible universe? Oh, man. Yeah. So, I... I, I think when this is all said and done, I'm going to put my money on it's going to be Image United. Like, either issue three or they're just going to do it again and try to do, like, a mini series. That would be really cool. I'd be down for that. Um, I guess we'll talk about what we read this week, huh? I read a new comic. So did I. Gunland, number one? That's not the one I read. Oh. <laughs> um, it's, it's published by Magnetic Press. Uh, if I if I understood it correctly, it almost looks like Magnetic Press almost 
takes books or comics from Japan and publishes them for the U.S. or like this is like their first attempt at doing that or something. I just thought the the uh, cover looked awesome, and I think you'd enjoy the story too. But uh, it, yeah, it's a reprint of a foreign comic. So this was you know out in other countries, but now it's finally being published in the U.S. Um, Julian Cittadino is the writer. Basically, Wild West with uh, dinosaurs, like they ride dinosaurs. Um, the colors oh, right. are, yep, yeah, I know. Right. It's like retro wave color scheme. Uh, basically, it's like there's mechs too that are like cops that like chase down the bounty hunters. Uh, this guy he takes a he takes a kid under his wing, like one of the bounty hunters does, and uh, the the kid gets shot. And then the end of the issue it talks about like he knows a shaman or someone that can revive someone. So like the end of the story, he goes and he gets to the air like a town where there's some mystical magic happening where you can revive people, but it's a crazy, crazy art, really cool story. It's right up your alley. You'd love it. Uh, deceased hope at world's end. Number four, Tom Taylor. No, I did not read that. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it was a great conversation with Superman and Damian Wayne, um, where Damian is like struggling to take up the mantle of the bat. Uh, but at the end of it, he fi- he finally like puts on the bat suit for himself, um, and then there's another safe haven with some like characters that we don't really see in the DC universe and like C list characters, where we see Black Adam is heading straight for this safe house bunker, and he's bringing a whole uh, army of zombies with him. So watch out. Uh, Justice League 47 and 48. Um, you you already talked about 47. How we wrapped up the Spectre arc. Uh, I actually like Just League 48 is uh, Cy Spurrier and Aaron Lepresti are switching over for the yep. book. Um, yeah, so Spurrier, not a huge name in the industry, but he did some Judge Dredd stuff. Uh, he, he wrote Dr. Afro, which Chris was reading, and he's doing the Hellblazer, co- uh, Hell, yeah, Blazer comic for uh, Black Label. So he's, he's starting to make a name for himself. Uh, first off, the art is really good. Aaron Lepresti art. Um, they, it's a, it's definitely a Justice League story. I mean, we always talk about this. Like, is this is this a Justice League story? And I I really want to say that like I like how each Justice League member has their own voice in this issue, and how they work together. Um, like Batman shooting out drones and stuff like that. Uh, they each like individually contribute, and they all have their own like idea of how to handle a situation too so um they find these children um from a comet they're like adrift in a ship they're from a comet planet uh that's ruled by the empress uh sidonix and so basically this comet planet is uh split into two factions one is like um organic material people like made from cells and the other half are mechanical people it's a really interesting story so there's like half machine half creature people um and after the jl brings the kids back they want they want the justice league to rule and the uh the planet's called trotha trotha and the justice league's like we can't really intervene with this type of stuff um while this is happening a terrorist shows up because it knows that the planet is vulnerable um at this point in time and so that the the terrorist blows himself up uh, claims war on the planet and bad things are going to be happening. But 
the moral of the story is like, okay, they showed up on this planet. The, I think they were trying to take over the Empress, right? Um, and Just League kind of stops it because it's not, they're like, this isn't a way to rule. But then they have this like internal conflict of like, okay, but who are we to be policing how planets should run their business, you know, like go about their business. So that was a really cool story. I don't know how you thought about it, but uh, I liked it. Welcome back, everybody. Today we have another very special guest. Welcome to the show, Rob Stanley. Welcome to Rosha. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for being here. Um, we definitely want to talk about your Kickstarter. It's uh, it's almost funded with uh, 20 days ago, so that's a pretty pretty huge thing going on for you. It's um, fun. Yeah, it's great. And before we get into that, we just want to talk to you about... Uh, you know, have you have you always been a huge comic fan? Um, have, do you always wanted to write your own comic? Where did it all really start for you? Well, mo- most of my stories that I'm getting out there into the comic realm were short stories I simply wrote as just anthology for like simply like written word. But then when I had nowhere to take them, and I saw different anthologies pick up and uh, come up for comics, I went. I, I can't. I can't draw. I, I can write, I can, I'm fortunate enough to know people who can, I got with them and little by little I'd get in anthologies and, and whatnot and, but I've, I've always been a fan of comics, but more so like, not like the traditional superhero comics, I was like a fan of Howard the Duck, yep. uh, Strangers in Paradise, Terry Moore, mm-hmm. uh, different things where they take a little bit of drama, a little bit of fantasy and some realism into it, you know? Yep. And I try to incorporate all of that into what I write. Cool. So, uh, where, I mean, where, at what point were you like, okay, maybe I could tell my own story after reading all these different styles of comics that were somewhat well, normal, right? Well, I, for like last couple of years, I've always been scrawling down ideas and, mm-hmm. and outlines and whatnot, but it wasn't until I saw friends of mine get their work out there and mm-hmm. get seen, get noticed. Um, Garrett Gunn, Stephanie Menard, um, a couple friends of mine who have small press comics that they've turned into something big. Mm-hmm. And to see them do that, and they're fellow writers too. They're, they're not artists. They're writers who just right. so happen to hook up with great artists. I'm thinking, you know what? I should try this as well. And, and I put pen to paper and... I, you know, rearranged some of my short stories into comic scripts, mm-hmm. and it, it took a couple of years for me to get with the right people to get it out there, but once I did, it seemed like it snowballed. Cool. That's awesome. And, I mean, it's, it also, it's, you get that motivation or uh, it gives you, like, the hope through Kickstarter and stuff that you, when you see your peers had an idea like you mm-hmm. that you're pretty passionate about and how that passion kind of, like, translates, you know, to the, the people that are investing, too. True, uh, true. So that's you started with this this idea the uh, the bite of Brenna Barlow. So let's uh, let's talk about like where that character comes from. Well, a friend of mine told me that there was an anthology um, sub, uh, accepting submissions for horror themed uh, short stories for Halloween. Yep. called Hollow Scream from uh, Back for the Depths, and I had this written. Um, short story called he said she said about this vampire and i go oh maybe this could translate well to a four to six page short for this Mm -hmm. and i kind of rearrange it i put it in there 
and I submitted it, and Tim West accepted it. It was one of the first of the um, stories that he kind of gave as a preview on the website before mm-hmm. on Facebook before um, the book came out. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said it was good, and then as I'm sitting there and I'm reading it in the form of a comic, I'm like you know, this character could actually be some. Now, in, in the original, it's, it was a little darker. It was mm-hmm. she was a little bit sinister in the book. I put a little bit more levity. She has her sidekick, Gary the Dachshund, mm-hmm. um, and and she can converse with him through telepathic, you know, messages. Yep. You know, it's it's kind of more like a like a Deadpool type of humor thrown into where there's mm-hmm. violence and comedy involved. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the the dog wasn't there until the when you when you brought the character back then because that that was a pretty big part of the issue for me. I enjoyed that like yeah, the, the, the back dog. and forth. In the original for Hallow Scream, it was just her coming upon a predator in a bar. Mm-hmm. He thought he was going to score big time. Yep. She could read his mind, and she did him in. Now, oh. Gary came in because my wife and I, um, before we even got married, our first baby was Gary, a dachshund, a long-haired <laughs> dachshund who passed, who passed away two years ago. Oh, but he – and just looking at him – and even some of the things I write in the comic, like in the comic at one point, uh, Brenna calls him Senior Hot Dog. Mm-hmm. And that's what we would call Gary. So I kind of have <laughs> his memory living on in the book. That's all. You're like immortalized him almost with that. Yeah. That's so cool. That's really cool, man. Awesome. Yeah, that makes always, I think that makes sense. Always yeah. nice to talk to a fellow doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always try to incorporate something of my pet because pets have been a big part of my life I always some, in, incorporate something in there in my writing involving them and my kids too that's awesome so and now we have the the single issue this is like the intro for the kickstarter right do you want to talk about that a little bit um it's you're seeing brenna on a grander scale you're seeing her beyond just preying upon the ne'er-do-wells of the night uh she, you see her home life, you, you meet Gary, um, you see a little bit of her past and how, it, how she's come to be in the future. I mean, she's a 144-year-old vampire, so she has a yeah. lot of sto- story that I could play upon. Right. And um, you could tell that it's just, there is, she, she does have people in her life now from her family. You see who she's still connected to and how it incorporates into her life. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that's really interesting uh, for the issue, at least, where you talk about, or you not really talk about, but you show that relationship with her family that, you know, she's over 100 years old, but now her daughter, I mean, looks older and is, you know, almost dying, and she's immortal. So it's like, there's almost like, you see more of the curse aspect to it. It's like, okay, she's got these cool powers, but now it's really a curse. She's immortal, and her great-granddaughter is not, so oh, yeah, she kind of yeah. has to live in her, like, the caregiver and making sure she kind of, but in a way, her great-granddaughter thinks she's her mother, like, it, it's right. all these different things to play upon this immortal being mm-hmm. who has to live through this and several loved ones, friends, whatever, who aren't going to be there, and she's still going to be there. Yeah. So for people going to look in the back in this, is this going to be a miniseries? Do you have a certain amount of issues planned, or is this something you can see going on for a long time? In addition to what's out there now, I mean, this was a standalone just to show her, introduce Gary, introduce kind of the more story arc elements of, you know, her family and everything. Um, I actually have 
as of right now, four scripts in the pipeline that I have completed. And what would be coming up next would be um, a story arc called Timeless Time. And I even mentioned that in the, um, in the, uh, in the Kickstarter where a couple of people actually already pledged where you could pledge to appear in Timeless Time. Your likeness appear in the story. Mm. And Timeless Time is going to be a little bit more of an epic where you kind of see more about the family. You might meet a love or two that she had in the past. And it, it's more, you, you're going you're gonna to see an adversary in there as well. And But this is just, so you get to meet Brenna, you get to meet Gary, you get to see that interplay between the two of them. And how he looks out for her, and he looks out for, or she looks out for him, and he looks out for her. And what she does, like you can see in this issue, Brenna helps people. She's a vampire. Mm -hmm. In one vein, you might see her feasting upon people, but in another vein, you might see her help a young person or help someone in danger. Because in He Said, She Said, she vowed to be unlike the other members of her family who weren't so kind and kind of help those who are voiceless. Cool. Very cool. I think, yeah, and I think it's an interesting approach, too. Um, and it's not like the typical run-of-the-mill vampire story, I think. So that's that's what I enjoyed about it. Well, plus, you have to figure in also, she is also telepathic, too. Right, so yep. She, you could think, oh, well, they're going to pull one over on her. She's just, mm -hmm. well, she can also read. She's blind, but she can hear thoughts kind of guide her to maybe one up a person or two yeah that's really cool so where can you uh where can we send everybody i mean the kickstarter right now i you still got 20 days and you're you're almost at the thousand dollar goal is there any stretch yeah. goals after you hit a thousand or there is um okay. actually the stretch goal that i I have planned is another short because in 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 the current Kickstarter there are two origin stories. You can get a PDF of the original he said she said, mm -hmm. and there's also a PDF where you could see how Brent met Gary. It's a short called Confessions of a Long Haired Dachshund, okay. and um, the the stretch goal is a story that kind of leads into what's coming up. You kind of might be introduced to a character might be in the next story arc how they relate to brenna okay awesome and i mean it's it's definitely gonna get backed and i would love i'd love to see those stretch goals especially you know the the one about the dotson too i i think that's awesome well the dotson uh, yeah. is actually just a regular a pledge you can oh, okay. it, it's, it's called or a uh, physical copy and origins where you can get the origins in pdf form it's oh, okay. the um the stretch goal is another uh it's called tales of the um, of the amulet, where you can see kind of something that makes her a little bit more of a of a social vampire rather than one that skulks in the night. Mm -hmm. And plus, you get to see a couple of these new characters that'll be in the in the forthcoming issues. Awesome. Well, we're gonna send everybody to Kickstarter, uh, the bite of Brenna Barlow, and if. Our viewers, listeners want to follow you. Where can we send them for that? I am on Facebook under Rob Stanley. Okay. And uh, I'm also on Twitter. The handle being, hey, it's Mr. Stanley. Okay. Cool. That's where awesome. you can find me. Awesome. Nice one. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make, make your future be 
uh, blessed with many more doctions, and I hope that the, <laughs> Don't I hope that the book does well. My yeah. wife better not hear you say that because. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right now we just have cats, but okay. she wants a dog, so I better keep her away from this podcast. <laughs> yeah. You can't let her hear that part of it. Just kind no. of, kind of short. And be like, what else did you talk about? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing else came up. <laughs> so yeah, everybody. Uh, my cat just like knocked something over, turned my PC off in the middle of us recording, mm. and. Then I realized, as I was putting everything back together coming on, that I had the wrong mic on. So up until now, you've been listening to like a shitty mic version. I'm assuming I don't fix it in post. Uh, but yeah, so my thoughts on Justice League. <laughs> yeah, let's hear your thoughts. Um, I knew and- something was up. I just want to tell you, I knew something was up. <laughs> I, I've heard your voice so many times. I've heard it so many times that I knew it wasn't right. Anyways, what do I know? Oh, fuck. This whole, yeah. This is why we don't take weeks off, Mike. Um, I know, I know. As I was saying, I enjoyed Justice League probably not as much as you did, but I thought it was mm-hmm. a cool story. Um, I With everything you said, I liked how everyone had their moment, everybody had their thing. Um, and I, I did like how my favorite moment of the whole thing was when they just immediately rushed in, like, how do we get rid of this uh, monster that's attacking the ship? And uh, Wonder Woman just like flies away, grabs a me- like goes through the Green Lantern log, figures out what's wrong, yeah. grabs a meteor that has the mate in it, and just throws it away. And is like, yeah, if you guys would just like sit back and stop punching shit, like maybe yeah. we can get stuff like, done once in a while. She's the voice of reason. Like, yeah, she just follows the mate around, so it's gonna follow this asteroid that it just threw into space. Well, like, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll yeah. keep reading what Spurrier has. I mean, that was good enough for me to continue on. And that was like. That to me was just the he he did the Starro battle, but he did it his own way. You know what I mean? Like that creature was Starro, and like this was his intro into the series, and he he did a little twist on it, and I think that's why I enjoyed the story so much. Yeah. Like he definitely was paying homage to the original uh, team up, and then I had Batman ninety four. Um, basically, uh, everybody's everybody's up Shit's Creek in the last uh, uh, last issue. Um, the villains are all hiding. All the all the Gotham villains are hiding in Penguin's hideout. They're like terrified. They're like, "Oh, Joke, Joker's attacking the city again. We just gotta we gotta let it pass." That's what they do. They go hide in Penguin's like bunker. Uh, they also have Catwoman there, and they're treating her for her wounds because she was shot. Um, Joker is basically gonna run rampage over the city because that's pretty much what he does. Uh, but it's just funny to see all the villains like we're not going out there like. <laughs> Let Joker do his thing that we all go out after is just really funny. Uh, and then the bat, the Batman or Bruce has like this. Uh, I don't know. He he comes to this uh, agreement with himself that he will vow to be a better a better Batman. Um, that I don't know that he had promised uh, Alfred or something. I don't know what that means yet. And. Uh, the next issue starts what's called the Joker War. So I can only imagine what that... Uh, nothing like the War of Jokes and Riddles that was not even nope. a year ago. I don't know. Nothing like Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, nothing like Dark Knight Rises or any other story that revolves around the Joker destroying the whole city and chaos ensues. 
what I was gonna read was the last book I was gonna read was uh, the Green Lantern special, that like hundred page special. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, I was catching up on a lot of TV shows, but you can go ahead with what you had. Uh, real quick, my digital stuff. Like I read some more Aquaman deep dives. I mean, yep. those are fun if you like Aquaman. Um, a DC Daily. I think they only did two issues of it, but I read the first one, Ghosts number one, mm-hmm. and it's a Mark Spector story. So uh, it was like Mark Spector being a detective and then the uh, like kind of old school with that. So that was fun. It's like 10 pages or whatever, but I enjoyed it. Cool. Um, Batman, the adventure continues part seven. Uh, we get introduced to Azrael and uh, Christian sword flaming stuff ensues. Um, <laughs> the adventure continues is fun. Uh, and then the boys, dear Becky, number two kind of continues the whole, what's going on with something happened to butcher and the crew pre Huey that haunted him at the end before he died. And that that's basically what we're going through is some kind of fucked up events that had happened to butcher. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, I'm not a, so far. I'm not a big fan of this. Like, like I said, with the first issue, it reminds me of that mini series where Huey goes home yeah and like he has a hardy boys adventure yeah but then, right. like for maybe five pages you get like billy and the crew doing something fucked up so mm. we'll see when it's all done i'm gonna finish it just because but okay i'm, I'm kind of iffy on that right now um let's see we got the goddamned the virgin brides number one the original goddamn followed kane um so it, this is taking place in a different part of the Bible and it's not a story I'm really familiar with. So there's these tribes that raise these women, these young girls. And when they bloom, if you will, Mm -hmm. they send them off to get married, but we find out that there's some, something more sinister going on. They think they're going to marry an angel or a uh, acolyte of God, but something else is going on. Um, I thought it was a really good story. It, it touches on some things that you don't see touched on in any kind of medium, which is kind of the the times of women when they, you know you're flowered, you're ready to breed, yeah, to be you know crude about it. But that's kind of what the story is, and it takes place in a time during biblical era. Uh, I like this series. It's Jason Aaron kind of retelling Bible stories. It's really what it is, yeah. but he's doing it in his own kind of dark way. So, but how, I mean, the stories themselves are pretty messed up to begin with. So he's probably shedding some light on that because yeah. it's not far from the how the story was actually written. Yeah. Right. Well, like the first the first volume of it, it's a Cain story, and Cain's the first man to ever commit murder. Right. And it takes place pre Noah's Ark. So like. The whole series is like, it's basically a Mad Maxian like wasteland. Mm. (laughs) So it's really, it's cool how he does it. Um, The free comic book day issue of Firepower, Mm. which I'm surprised you didn't check out. Um, I I didn't get it. it, I wanted to like this because it's Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney teaming up, two like creators I really like, but I I can't get into Kung Fu stuff. I just can't. Oh, yeah. There's. I think you'll really love this book, Um, but it it just wasn't for me. Negan Lives, number one. So this is the 
this is what happened to Negan after the second to last issue of Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's out on his own. He's trying to survive. And this woman pops up and he starts to help her along, realizes there's a sinister plan that she has a group that's trying to scavenge. And Negan does what Negan does best. Um, I The way this ends, I really think that Kirkman has a Negan solo book in him. Uh, he sets it up for where Negan and this girl end up going on an adventure together. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get more of this book. I really cool. wouldn't. Um, but it was pretty good, too. The Osiris Path, number two. Uh, I think I talked about this two or three weeks ago for number one. And this issue is the team going to Mars. They find another temple there. And they find out who is... Uh, attacking them or who's like following them and it's kind of this weird occultist group that can also travel in space it's weird but i love it It, i think it's a great book Uh, people should definitely check it out um deceased dead planet number one um this is the book that is directly following the original deceased so this Mm -hmm. is technically deceased two i loved this issue so what's going on here is the severed head of cyborg is sending out a message that he wants to just come back to earth mm. and at the end of dc everybody left earth um so the new justice league comes back and that's damian wayne batman that's john kent superman and all these others and thinks that they're gonna be able to save cyborg um and then in Doing so, they run into zombie Wonder Woman, who kills Ollie, which was pretty brutal. And then right at the end, uh, Green Lantern, Mockingbird, she wants to get revenge, so she goes to kill Diana. And John realizes that what Cyborg's been transmitting is some sort of cure, and that he's figured it out. Um and so he goes to stop her from doing it. And like the last panel is her stabbing the sword, the Wonder Woman sword that can kill a god through John and into Wonder Woman, killing Superman and Wonder Woman. Oh, awesome. Awesome book. It's this first issue is my favorite issue of this series so far. Definitely check this out. If you're yeah, I got to catch up on that, too. Um, real quick, Fantastic Four Empire number zero. It was an okay story, but it's really just setting up where Fantastic Four is going to be for the beginning of Empire next week. Um, it, it it was okay. I'm just not a big Fantastic Four fan. I got it more because I was really looking forward to Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, Join the Future number three. Uh, we get kind of the, the girl that's the center of the story. It's basically her training to go back and kill the people that killed her family. So the entire issue is like one giant montage of her like training. Uh, really great series. I like it. Um, and then Superman number 23, we get a new villain in this. Dr. Fate's in this. Oh, cool. um, he goes back to like fake universe or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. His like, his like stairway place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of good like conversation between those two. And then we're introduced to this new villain who is connected to fate somehow. So interesting. Good issue. And then the last thing I read was finally, um, Batman Volume 7, The Wedding. Oh. Um, 
so first of all, the, the Joker story in this is like two issues, perfect in every way. That's exactly what Joker would do. I love that those two issues. I thought they're great. Um, and I'm glad that that's how he used the Joker and he didn't do some massive Joker war story. Right. Um, the first half of this is the gift, which is booster gold changing time. Yep. Um, that was definitely just set up for him to do heroes in crisis. I can see it, uh, now that we're, yeah, for sure. Future. Yeah, that's it was all for the event book for sure. Yeah. Um, but I will say that last issue, uh the actual quote unquote wedding issue, I kind of gained a new found respect for Tom King in this issue because the whole issue is uh, the twist of like they didn't get married. Spoilers, everybody. Um but knowing that going in, I still like fell into the issue and love the writing. Mm-hmm. I think he wrote that issue so wonderfully that mm-hmm. it, re- it really put him on like a different level for me after reading that I- issue. Um, so, so I'm going to continue and try to get uh, volume eight here soon. But I, I liked it. Nice. Other, the Booster Gold story was okay. It's just I could yeah. tell it was a setup story. <laughs> yeah, it was cool when he didn't know like what was happening with Heroes in Crisis. And yeah, yeah, but. Awesome. So that's all I had. Mike, where can people find you on the internet? Find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the fantastic show? They can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter. You can find the show at FortressComicNews.com. Uh, remember, everybody, five-star reviews on your podcatcher. Like, subscribe, share on YouTube. And comment down below. That all helps out and makes us feel happy inside. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you all next week. 